Welcome to First Generation Burden, a series of conversations with immigrants and the children of immigrants. My name is Rich Tu and I'm your host. Welcome to episode five of season two. Uh, today's guest is Joe Carolino, and he's a designer and art director over at Nike over in Portland, Oregon. And uh, he's a really great guy and has a really interesting story about growing up in the Pacific Northwest with the identity of being half Vietnamese uh, for most of his life until he discovered that he was actually half Filipino uh, and had a lineage that he wasn't even aware of. We get into the story of how his father was a coke dealer in the 80s. I don't want to give too much away, but Joe's story is really interesting in terms of how identity comes into play in your upbringing. We talk about how he grew up in Section 8 housing, how gang culture came into his life, and how gang culture even has positive effects. We also get into his recent project called Flybox, which is really cool, especially if you're a 90s basketball fan. But before we get into that, I want to shout out Des Jin. Des Jin is an American modern gin with a mission to unite design with the spirit industry. Designed both inside and out, it merges the traditional and the unconventional. A lot of love for those guys. Definitely check them out. All right, so a little more background on this conversation with Joe. Uh, this conversation happened at an ungodly hour, about 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning. There was a little bit of a mix-up um, between communication between myself and Joe. We're both kind of crazy dudes. And Joe showed up at my apartment insanely early. So that's how we started. So here we are with Nike designer Joe Carolino. I know, because when people think about it, you you know, what you would make is probably something that you would think of what the future would be today. And it never is. And it never is, right? <laughs> it never is. But look at the aliens. It's amazing, though. Yeah. The aliens is crazy. Like, that was a futuristic, like, all those, mo- all those movies and films in the 80s, like, yeah. That's all futuristic stuff. Back to the future. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's all futuristic, but is it like that? No. It's just what you could imagine what the future would be like today. The most most forward-thinking idea about future concepts was the used earth concept. When when, uh, it looked like the future wasn't like a really pristine, clean Logan's Run type of thing. Like how Star Wars essentially looked like it was a lived future. People lived there. An alien, to your point, was like so lived. Like they're a bunch of, uh, they're basically uh, like space truck drivers. Yeah. Living in the future. Insane. Yeah. Yo, Joe Carolino. How you hey, doing, man? I'm good, man. What's up? Oh, God. It is an ungodly hour, listener. <laughs> <laughs> there was a little bit of a mix-up this morning, and then all of a sudden, we're doing it here super early. <laughs> and I kind of love it, though. The sick part of me is very into it. It's it's amazing. <laughs> I'm a freak, though. I, I'm like up late, and I'm up, I'm, I'm up late, up early. Yeah. I don't know. For sure. It's my thing. Well, sir, you are uh, you are a really great human being, and I enjoy your company. Um, also, it's a pleasure having you in my space when we're literally about to vacate, like in within less than twenty four hours. So, so the, uh, this is the second interview that's happening in the apartment about to move out from. And uh, uh, listeners, Joe is uh, I don't even like I don't even know if I can say what you do, <laughs> if, if unless some black helicopters descend upon us. But I just know that you're an amazing creative force. And you, uh, you have an amazing story as well that I want uh, readers, uh, readers, our listeners. It is early. <laughs> you have a really amazing story that I want our listeners to enjoy as well as just like feel your spirit. So I'd, I'd love to for you to start at the beginning and just let us know where you're from and where your where your folks are from, like how you came up in the world. For sure, for sure. So um, I was born in Kennewick, Washington, uh-huh. and then shortly after moved to Salem. So I grew up in Salem. Um, Salem, Oregon, and that's literally 40 minutes here from Portland, and um, that's 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 where I grew up. Um, funny funny story. 
I don't know how I want to do it in the timeline, but we'll see. We'll see what ha- we'll see how it yeah, unravels. Yeah, yeah. We'll see how it unravels. Just start. Just start at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. So basically, uh, when I when my par- we moved to Salem because my parents uh, wanted to uh, make more money and work. Right. Yeah. Uh, we. You know, I was born, like I said, in Kennewick, Section 8 housing. I actually grew up Section 8 housing. All and Kennewick is in Oregon. Kennewick is in Washington. It's oh, in the okay. Tri-Cities. It's kind of a little bit further than Hermiston. And Hermiston yeah. is in Oregon. You kind of like... And you're a born-bred Pacific Northwesterner. Yeah. Yeah, wow. for sure. For sure. Um, it's funny because a lot of people ask me, they're like, where are you from? Where are you from? And I'm like, uh, I grew up here in the Northwest. I, I'm from Salem. And they're yeah. like, what? You're not from like LA or... Whatever, because like, that's oh. what I thought. I know everyone thinks that it's insane. My first question was like, "Oh, where are you originally from?" Yeah, and you're like, "Here." I'm like, "Oh." You're like, "Really?" <laughs> it's like people get underwhelmed, and I'm like, "What?" I'm sorry, I'm not. <laughs> it's so weird. <laughs> I apologize for being no, 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 where no. I'm from. No, <laughs> no, no, no. That's it's, up. No, it's totally, it's totally cool, and actually, I've grown to like that. Yeah, because it's really surprising for people. It's like surprising for people to be like. Oh, you're from here? Yeah. I didn't know that this was here. I thought that like this creative idea is from like LA, sure, SF, New York, you know, Philly, Chicago, like all those. I, and I'm like, no, I'm from here. Yeah. I'm just like, hey, I'm here. Hi, <laughs> let's play. <laughs> so anyways, um, yeah, I grew up in Salem. Uh I was, again, like I said, Section 8 housing, super, super poor. Like, my mom basically raised us. I'm uh, the oldest of four. Yeah. And- Biological mom. My biological mother. Yes. Yes, yes. And my mom hates it when I tell the story, because I've, I've told it to a couple of, like, close friends and uh, yeah. and stuff when she's around, because she'll be around. She had me when she was 19 years old. Oh, um, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. And she gets kind of bummed out, but you know. How, how long ago was this? Can you say? How long ago was what? Oh, well, when your mom had you? Well, um, I'm 30. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was in the 80s, in the 80s, 86. I was born in 86. Gotcha. So, um, yeah. Like I said, Section 8 housing, grade school, it was rough. Um, I joined a gang when I was like, when I was nine. Whoa. Yeah. In Washington? No, no, no. In Salem. In Salem. in Salem. I was only in Washington for like a couple years. Got it. I was only in Washington for a few years. And uh, the story was told that we moved because of, uh, we moved because of, um, because of financial reasons. But my mom never really held a job, so it sure. was kind of weird. Wait, what's what's Section Eight housing like in in Salem? Yeah, yeah, it's just basically apartments. They don't look. It's nice because it doesn't look like what we all imagine it in our heads. Sure. Um, it is. It, they're just like apartment complexes, uh, which is nice. So that's why my mom wanted to kind of get out there. But again, it's still you have all the same kind of demographic of people that live there, right? And, uh, and yeah, like I said, I joined a gang when I was like in nine, nine or 10 years. Uh, I was young. Yeah. I was really, really young. I joined yeah. a, I joined a gang, Latin gang. Got it. <laughs> what nationality are you? Oh yeah, yeah. 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 So I'm half Filipino. Yeah. And my mom's white, half white. Gotcha. Um, what, what kind of white? What kind of, uh, Caucasian? Irish McCosker. McCosker is her, is her, her maiden name. Got it. Um, I, yeah. So, 
So yeah, I joined a gang, like I said, and my brother, it was crazy because we went outside and there's like these alleyways and she called the cops on me. My mom called the cops on me. (laughs) (laughs) She was like, you're not going to do this, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, you know, fuck you, mom. I'm like, I'm doing whatever (laughs) I want. I'm trying to have like friends and 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 do my thing you know yeah. and like hang out <laughs> yeah <laughs> just trying yeah. to hang out um but it it was uh it was weird it was definitely a weird weird time um so yeah i'm the oldest like i said of four so i my brothers were all around my brothers and my sister my sister was really little at the time and uh that's that was my way of like that was my way of getting getting into the understanding of people like yeah, I felt sure. like early, early, early on, I I took care of my brothers. I took care of my sister because my stepdad, which I guess I can get into it now, back in the eighties, um, my, my biological father, Filipino, yeah. um, stepdad, Vietnamese. Got it. So the weird thing is, um, is that I never knew until I was like 21, 22. Yeah. yeah. And so that's. That was like a weird thing to find out later on in life. Wait, uh, let, let's roll it back just a yeah, little bit. Yeah, yeah, Because I want to know about w- uh, what it's like growing up uh, with with the cultural identity of being uh, Vietnamese. I'm Vietnamese, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking Vietnamese. Yeah, I know what that, weird. I want to know what that cultural identity is like in growing up in the Pacific Northwest. And, I, and then I would love to hear about the switch because yeah. and, and what that means to you. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. So we could take it there. Yeah, we could take it there for sure. And then we could like hop around and do whatever because I'm very ADHD. It's early and <laughs> it's just, that's the way it goes. <laughs> Yo, man, uh, yeah. When you get two ADHD dudes. <laughs> we, we, yeah. It's, okay. It's a so, little bit like, so yeah. So basically how it goes, I can start there. So my, my mom married my biological father. Got it. And that's where the last name Carolino comes from. Got it. And she told me growing up that she hated her dad so much that she went to the, the state office and changed it. So Carolino had no meaning until I was like 21, 22, zero. It had, it was just a, pe- a piece of paper. Oh, wow. My stepdad's Pulled last name. it out from the ether. Yeah. It was, it was so weird. My stepdad's last name was Lee. And, you know, growing up, like I wanted to be, to my knowledge, that was my father, even yeah. though as horrible as he was, I was like, I want that last name. Yeah. It's, it's just a stupid, weird, old world thing that like, boys when they become men or they want to identify with their father. Yeah. Right. So I wanted the last name. What's fucked up is all my brothers and sisters have my father's last name, Carolino. They don't have Lee and those are his kids. Yeah. Just weird. I mean, it's just so odd. Yeah. Um, but not so odd anymore. (laughs) So, uh, so like, like I was saying is that, uh, he was a Coke dealer in the eighties so what happened, what went down is there was a sting. In Washington? In Washington. Got it. So this was in Washington. Um, so your, bio- your biological dad? Yep. Yeah, the okay. Filipino dude, which is the same name as mine. Yeah. Um, he got busted. He got busted off of a sting and there was a family involvement. So somebody ratted him out. Whoa. And then when they went to court, his visa apparently was gone. So he got deported. And I've never met him. Back to the Philippines. Yeah, back to the Philippines. Those Filipino Coke dealers, man. Dude, it was wild. It was like something about like half a million dollars in the 80s. Whoa. The homie, the homie, I don't know this guy, my dad, (laughs) (laughs) showed up with half a million dollars worth of Coke, which is insane. Yeah. 
which is is crazy and got busted wow like, like i said the the visa was gone and then everybody was just money hungry and everybody was out trying to find his money and he used to bury it so when he was gone there was holes everywhere in the city and then when my grandma was when my grandma passed away her house was all dug up it was just wild holy shit wait did they ever find anything I don't know. I mean, you never know who found the money. Like you have people that knew that hung around, that knew the people. Yeah. They knew the Carolino family. Yeah. And like went to everyone's houses and started digging holes. Whoa. So do people, wait, so was that a phenomenon that you knew growing up? Like, cause your mom maintained the last name Carolino. So was ever, yeah. was ever, I like, found out about like within my twenties, uh, that's, that's when I started learning all this stuff. Whoa. Yeah. And so, what was it all just anecdotal or just actually like found out in the news and stuff? Cause I'm assuming, I'm assuming like a, a half a million dollar Coke bus in the Pacific Northwest in the eighties probably hit a yeah. newspaper somewhere. Yeah. I, I, you know, I've, like I said, it's been a journey to try and like figure out and like learn about my biological history. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, basically my auntie, she called me and she was like, Hey Joe, Lee is not your like Kung Lee is not your, is not your real dad. Yeah. And I was like, what are you talking about? Are you tripping? You on some, some stuff, you know, it's like, that's kind of the the story when you have other family members, my mom's brothers and sisters calling me or my grand, my, my mom's dad calling me. It's like, get me out of trouble. I need money. Uh, some crazy's going on. <laughs> so I get like major anxiety when I see those phone calls. Yeah. So I picked it up and she was like, yeah, Lee's not your dad. Your real dad's name is Joe Ambrosio Carolino, which is my name. And I'm like, you're fucking tripping. Wow. I was like- And how old were you at the time? I was like 21, 22. Man. 20, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, the, but the entire time having grown up with the cultural identity of being Vietnamese. Yeah, in, yeah, In the man. Pacific Northwest. Dude, it was bad. It was crazy. <laughs> like, I almost got a fucking tattoo. Made oh, in Vietnam really? tattoo. That's I almost, so funny. That would have been made, so dope though. I know. And like, that's the thing I'm figuring out now. I still think like, it's, it's so- it's so interesting. Like identity to me is like so complex. Yeah. And yeah, I almost got a made in Vietnam tattoo. Could like have. a tag on my back. That'd be dope. <laughs> yeah. That'd be, that'd I be think it still dope. would be dope. I, and I'm trying, I'm finding this like balance of, you know, all the stuff that I've learned about my Filipino side, yeah. my, fi- my Filipino culture. And, but I just identify so hardly with the Vietnamese culture. Yeah, like I cook sure. Vietnamese at home. Gotcha. And I only know a couple Filipino dishes. Yeah. But, it's fun. It's, it's, it's great. And I hope that I've, I'm finding, I'm still going through it. I mean, I, it's, yeah. it's such a weird thing, but Wait, so, so your, your auntie hits you up and then she lets you know yeah. that like, Hey, this is what actually what your lineage is. Yeah. So I straight up call my mom back immediately. I call her right away and I'm like, mom, were you in college at the time? Like what's the, I was post-college. Gotcha. Well, what were you actually, doing? no, I quit. I quit college. Whoa, I didn't know. I quit school. Yeah, I quit school. And then I worked with a startup company. Okay. And I, I was I was working with that, with them. And uh, yeah, I call my mom right away. Because after that phone call, I felt like my, like my heart dropped. My gut was just turning and turning and turning. And I was like, there is something weird going on here. Yeah. Um. And I always knew there was something very different about me growing. I know a lot of probably creatives say that, but like there was always something different about the way I thought moved it, you know, and operated growing up. So when that happened, when, when my auntie called me and said that there was something that, that just was unsettling in my stomach. I called my mom and I was like, Hey mom, Aunt Chrissy called and 
she said this, you know, Lee's not my real dad. Your real dad's name is Joe Ambrosio Carolino. And she hung up right away. I heard a click, mm. immediate click. And from there, I was like, well, this is weird. It's true. It's pretty fucked up. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. And so I was mad at my mom for the longest time. Like mm-hmm. I still, I still feel a little like, <clears throat> excuse me. I still feel a little, uh, messed up from it, but you know, she was protecting me. You yeah. know, I don't, I don't think that she, I think she was doing her best, you know? And, and she, yeah, she did her best. Yeah. Um, well, she was probably hurt by the, what had happened yeah. and had, was doing her best to cope, to work through that pain. Yeah. I think so. <clears throat> I think I think that's what it was. And, you know, she doesn't talk to me about it much. You know, it's kind of just like, oh, he found out this information. It's out there and we're done. Yeah. It's over. It's just like, that's it. And I'm a talker. I'm a thinker. And I want to like yeah. dive into these situations. I want to I want to work through them. Like I want to cry. I want to have all the emotions. I want to feel everything, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's me. I'm a feeler. Um but yeah, it, it's, you know, once it happened, you know, I talked to her. She was like, well, okay, we can introduce you to your grandma and like my aunties and my, like all the family was still in Washington, in Kennewick, yeah. Washington. And what's crazy is there's baby pictures of me that I found at the park, but there's also these Filipino women on the bench and, and they only knew me when I was really little. My mom used to take me to play at the park and let them know that they were going to, that we were going to be there. So they could like casually act as anonymous. It's fucking what weird. What a setup. It's fucking weird, man. Yeah. So when I came back, quote unquote, came back, like they, and, and met all my family as an adult, you yeah. know, they, they were like, we were waiting for you. And I'm like, what the, f-? every, like the more information that I've gathered, I go through these like, God damn it, mom. Like, what the fuck? You know, why, why could I have not have known, you know, earlier on and like figured it out earlier on? Maybe I would not have been mature enough. You know, I don't know. Everything happens for a reason. I'm a big believer that everything kind of like sure. happens for a reason. And, and this is just the way it is now, which is interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm finding a lot of, uh, a lot of fun, but weird times through it. So, um, so yeah, they the, those words will stick with me forever, and it's like you know they they were waiting for me, yeah. and I've met I've met a bunch of them, you know some of them have like passed away since, and uh, like I said, the <laughs> the 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 lawns were dug up <laughs> once people started <laughs> passing away. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, but that's kind of like that's so funny that story in a nutshell. Like I mean, like not in a nutshell. Your home, someone will dig up your lawn just in no, case. No, I don't think no one knows about me, man. Gotcha. So, and what's another crazy thing? A part of this like identity. I'm trying to get a passport now. I don't have a passport, and for the longest time, I couldn't have. I couldn't find proof of like my name or my father on my vitals so it's really fucked up especially right now this time is like extremely fucked up so i i I, i'm trying to get a passport but i need a copy of my birth certificate right yep i have my original birth certificate that i recently got because i'm trying to get a passport and the father's name is 
crossed out. It's a tampered with official document. Oh, why is it tampered with? Because my mom wanted zero oh, trace of me to her f- mom really want. Oh, wow. So that my, will, mm. yeah, my real name is Jose Ambrosio Carolino yeah. Jr. Did you tell your mom? Just like, hey, mom, you fucked me up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm like, this I, other stuff, this emotional stuff is whatever. But this passport, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, but, uh, so yeah, that thing is fucked up. So I call, I, I, I apply to get a, uh, a copy. Did your mom apologize at least? She hasn't apologized. She's just like, I don't care. Sir. She's just like, yeah. And she's straight cougar. She's dating dudes my younger than me. <laughs> she's just like, she's crazy, dog. She's crazy. I love it. I know she's so ratchet. When I'm like, my mom's ratchet. People, people are like, what? I'm like, no. Like my mom, if 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 we went out to the club and I seen my mom and she was like with dudes my age, I would not be surprised. <laughs> Her ex boyfriend is in like jail right now. Oh wow! Did your she's mom crazy. have you when she was young? Yeah, 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 nineteen. She was nineteen. Oh wow! She was nineteen. Um, and so the pa- back to the passport, back to the birth certificate thing. Uh, so I apply for a copy. And I call, I call up uh, the state of Washington and yeah. they're like, well, so there's, there's a little mix up. I guess apparently in high school, my identity tried to get taken. So there's three names under my social security card. But my social, the one I have just says Joe Ambrosio Carolino. Why was Jose identity, Ambrosio. What, what, who was trying to take your identity when you were in high school? I, I don't know. I think there was some uh, social security number scandal swapping. There's like medical bills under there, which is. Oh, Another, that's weird. It's super weird. What Under is it, Joel it, Rojas. Is it all um, in America? Is it all? It's all in, in America. Yeah. I say it's so I, I know people that are like, uh, uh, just knowing what your where the name comes from. If it's like a, a foreign name, it's possible also that maybe an, an, a relative from overseas was attempting to use the name in order to you to be in the country. Because yeah. I have friends that have used. Um, dead people's uh, social security numbers and shared them. That's insane. Yeah, to stay in the country. Yeah, that's crazy. I don't know how that whole business works. Yeah, I, don't, business- I don't know how it works either. Yeah, so. yeah. So I'm only, I'm only positing a theory. Yeah. So basically, it's my name, Joe Ambrosio Carolino. My my uh, birth name, which is fairly close, right? Jose Ambrosio Carolino Jr. The only social security card I've ever had growing up was the Joe, like the one I know of. Sure. Like I'm just Joe, <laughs> but I'm not just Joe. <laughs> yeah, you're not, no, you're clearly I'm, not just Joe. I'm not just Joe. Um, and then a Joel Rojas. So she's like, well, what's the name of your father? And I was like, I don't, like, I, I don't have any proof, but I think it's, and so they're like, okay, we're going to have to give you a call and like figure this out. And I was like, but my mom's name is this. I was born this date and Kennewick, Washington and Kennewick hospital. And they're like, yeah, yeah, that's all good. But we just, we right now, we got to make sure of all this stuff. Crazy. But it took like maybe a a month or so, a couple months. I do have, I do have a copy now. So, which is great. And I can now apply to get a passport, which is good. Uh, But it was like super scary. It was like one of those things I think that, it pops up and I'm like, gosh, like this sucks. Like yeah. if, if I would have known, if this would have been taken care of earlier on, then, then there, this wouldn't be an issue. Like right. why do people have to deal with this? <laughs> why, do, why? I don't want this to like anybody to be dealing with this. This is stupid. Yeah. For uh, sure. So that's kind of like of recent, I guess of recent of something that I'm always kind of like, that's always on the top of my mind. Um, you know, people ask who, what are you, where you're from? I'm just like, I'm, I'm like, I'm from around here. 
a lot of people ask what my ethnicity is and they're like, are you like half Japanese? Are you like, what? I, I can tell you're like half yeah. something. And I'm like, you definitely look hot to me. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm half Asian and I'm half white. And, yeah. and yeah. And then once we get into it, it's like, they'll be like, wait, I thought you said you're Vietnamese. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And they're like, <laughs> but you just told Rich that, you know, you're like, you're all Filipino brother. I'm like, yeah, that's two. Yeah. It's true. I'm straight half. Yeah. Half Vietnamese, half Filipino, and half white. <laughs> straight up. Straight up. Yeah, I got I got the three halves, baby. I mean, I mean, you know, That's go crazy. jungle Asians, you know? <laughs> <laughs> As Ali Wong would say. <laughs> Fucking love it, man. <laughs> oh, that's too funny. Oh, me and Ali, uh, my fiance, again. Uh, my last recording, we talked about Ali, too. We talked about that uh, fancy Asian, jungle Asian it's, stuff. It's it's real. It's so funny. It's so funny. It's funny because it's true. She's, like, bringing out a truth. Thing. Oh, yeah. Or do you feel funny that, like, you traded one jungle Asian for another jungle Asian? <laughs> I feel whole jungle Asian. That's how I feel. <laughs> I just love it. The more I'm learning though, too, it's like the more I'm learning about the Filipino culture and like, you know, just the history behind it. It's just, it's nice. It's really, really nice. What's, what's the, uh, what are the interesting cultural nuances that you're, that you're picking up on, um, you know, on your lineage, like versus Vietnamese versus Filipino culture? Well, I, I guess I had like started do started with research of the last name and I've been trying to go as far back as Carolino is, uh, I guess, I don't know, is that Latin in origin? Yeah, I think it is a Latin origin um, or Span. Yeah, it's yeah, got to be. Origin. It is. Yeah, it it has is. To be. Well, isn't most Filipino uh, last names? Yeah, aren't they? Aren't they mostly from um, Spain? There's a great contingent of them. There are there some that are way uh, more indigenous, right? And then there uh, there are others like you know Rodriguez and yeah, and. Uh, Mm, I'm trying to think of like a no. I'm trying to think of a bunch. I use I would have normally a bunch yeah. in my head, but it's too early in the morning. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Carolino, it feels like that. That's definitely that. Yeah, I think that's more of the of the Latin stuff. And yeah. then I think at some point I had another last name. Like in the family, there was another last name. I can't remember it, and I think it was more on the indigenous. Obviously, yeah. it had to be. Um, and I guess the nuances that I found is like. The Filipino culture from my, from what I found is that earlier on, um, the indigenous side of it, they were like fucking animals. Like, <laughs> like apparently like when I was looking it up, my family comes from, <laughs> uh, people of headhunters. Oh, they used wow. to cut straight heads off, man. Whoa. And put them on like in the, in the, in the jungle. Right? What, what, what are the Philippines is this? I don't can't i can't remember i cannot i cannot remember it's still you know it's still new it's still fresh i'm just like you know my research my my research is going on and i don't know the vietnamese culture to me i mean i feel like i don't know what the nuances that just feels so natural to me um uh growing up like i used to speak it and i had a bad accent and kids made fun of me so i stopped speaking i was like fuck you guys man <laughs> isn't I'm it funny done. how little shit like that can deter you from that's how i stopped learning to play the piano because yeah <laughs> it's, like it's a little it's weird mean. remark when i was in third grade it's me like, and someone's like gonna... you suck and you're like fuck you i'm done see you <laughs> fuck you i hate you and also apparently i'm not good at this right now so i'm never gonna try it's again bad. like you're so um impressionable when you're a kid you know oh man it's the worst yeah so that's that's kind of like the 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 cultural 
struggle, like, I don't know, struggle, just like the internal stuff that I like am constantly dealing with because I have kids. Right. And that's something that I, I need to, I feel, res- uh, uh, there's a great responsibility in me to try and like pass this on or else it'll get, it'll die. Oh, totally. Totally. You know what I mean? And it's like, they're like, you know, we'll go to a Vietnamese restaurant or we'll eat Vietnamese food. And then I'll talk about Filipino culture. And so they're, I, they're probably not thinking anything of it. I'm probably overcomplicating it in my mind. It's pretty (laughs) usual, but, (laughs) but, but I want to make sure that they understand both. Yeah. You know, I, I want to make sure that they understand a little bit of both. And it's, uh, it's something that they know, know that is a part of them wow. as well. Um, I just want to take it back before we get yeah. like, way, way too far. Yeah. Um, even though we have kind of been meandering, but it's so interesting. Um, like I, uh, so high school, college, this, you kind of hit this revelation and, um, I assume that you're living a creative life at that point in the Pacific Northwest yeah. out here. And I just want to know, like, what was your... What was your track to where you are now? Because right now you do work at the swoosh. You do the work swooshes. at night. Yeah, exactly. Swoosh so, town. Exactly. So we we are we do have that in common. Um, and uh, yeah, just uh, just talk through that. Yeah. So I can. Uh, yeah. We'll we'll hop over creative right now. So basically, I think going back to the gangs. I think gangs are. It's it's a weird, twisted, fucking thing to say, but gangs are great. Hmm. And. The thing, <laughs> I laugh because it's so abstract. The thing I like about gangs is they actually accept people more than our current like worldly culture does. Yeah, there you go. You can join a fucking gang yeah. any day and they will accept you as their family and they will die for you. Yeah. Like it is so fucking weird and people think it's so like gangs are bad and blah, blah, blah. They're bad because of the decisions they make. But as people, most of them, they, they just need, they need a family. We all need a family. Yeah. So I think that's where my creative mind actually started because I, I, I was in a gang and I drew a lot. Yeah. I drew a lot of shitty, shitty bubble graffiti (laughs) and shitty cholas and like, Homies, little yeah. homies, and bulldogs, and eight balls, and chains, and fucking, I drew all that stupid shit. The, the Stussy S that's not a real Stussy S. <laughs> like, we all did. I mean, we all yeah, did we, that. Yeah, we all drew that. We S. all drew that stuff. But see, the thing is, is like I, mean, I said. The, like the diamond S. The diamond S. Yeah. And it's not even associated with Stussy, it's right? It's not. Yeah, it's not. Why do we always think that? Um, I think because. Do you know where that came from? I think because they've used it. They probably used it, and it's probably. Uh, probably um, they probably did right. Yeah, I don't know if that, I feel like that they used the S and then the T. They 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 scripted it out or something. I think they have. I don't know if that S is uh, specifically trademarked either. Because everyone did it. I don't. I don't know who the first person was to draw that. <laughs> that's S. Such a, it's probably in prison. That, no, it's true. It's probably true. It's probably in prison. Like and someone probably wrote it on a letter or something. So, anyways, so that's my bit on the gangs. Um, but no, but you make a lot a good point because I want to stick to that because that's really interesting. Because like the idea of gang culture as as a force for a, f- a familial context especially for people who may not have like uh the familial the familial uh familial context that they're craving at home right and then they go out into the world and they can get it there right yeah because like i know that uh i would die for my mom i'd die for my dad i'd die for my sister yeah do you know what i'm saying yeah it's that it's that same thing it's 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 such a weird like why it, wouldn't I die for you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Yeah. It, it's, it's, it's weird. It's like such a kind of, in a way it's kind of like a mind fuck. It's like, Oh yeah. Gangs, <laughs> gangs are more accepting than, than us. They are. Cause they're fringe and then they're accepting of the fringe. <laughs> so, so if we're fringe, yeah, then they're hell yeah. They'll accept us. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like, like I said, if they, if they did positive actions, like it would be a different story. They'd just be a group. Yeah. They would just be a, I mean, they would just be an organization, right? Yeah. yeah They'd be a, a nonprofit. <laughs> they would. Be. <laughs> so anyways, that's where I feel like creative started. I, I started there and I used to draw, draw stuff and, uh, for all the homies, I yeah. used to draw stuff for their tattoos, their shitty tattoos that we used to do. And you just I used to use stick and pokes. <laughs> I, they used, no, they used big pens, dude. Ooh. And big ink. Ooh. Ugh. I never Straight got up jailhouse style. Yeah. That's could, how they did it. Wow. You could probably just like, you know, get a little gun. <laughs> a little yeah. Yeah. Gun. Yeah. But oh, this was, know, I guess the, the, uh, the aughts or the nineties. Yeah. Nineties. Nineties. Yeah. So that's where it started. And, um, I loved going to school and I always had this, uh, this connection with female teachers because they were more comforting Mm. And I needed, I needed that. I'm a sensitive dude. Yeah. So I needed some. You strike me as a sensitive. I'm a very sensitive, emotional <laughs> dude. Um, sometimes with a harder exterior, but it doesn't, I don't know. I'm a sensitive dude. So I needed that kind of like motherly comfort. Yeah. I've always had a mother figure. Um, I've had multiple mother figures growing up and father figure. Not, not a whole lot of father figures because I have this like, I don't know, this anti-aggressive um, machismo. Like I, I don't need that. Like that's kind of like. You know, the stepdad was like that. And I think that's like barbaric and it makes zero sense. Like there's no, there's no progress that happens from that. So anyways, um, the art teachers were the ones that always stood me up. Yeah. Always, always. Because I'd just be in there and I never wanted to go to any other classes. I just wanted to do art and middle school. Um, middle school was pretty big. I, I got better at my art. I got better at, you know, design. And then high school was actually the biggest. I was in printmaking and in the art, um, in our art department, we, they called it the art sanctuary, which I thought was great. Yeah. Um, it was in a, you know, high violent, I guess, Northeast Salem. People think, Oh, nothing happens in Salem. Salem's, I mean, it's everywhere you have poor. I mean, not yeah. everywhere, but, uh, there are a lot of pockets, right? Yeah. So Northeast Salem is actually really, is, is pretty poor. Um, and I went to McKay high school and it was at the time was pretty bad. I graduated in 04. Um, but the art sanctuary where all students could come at any time, even if they were skipping class, you mm-hmm. could just hang out with the teachers. If you're, if you were tight with the teachers, which I was, and, uh, no judgment, you can make whatever you want. And as long as you're not, uh, offending, like they're hurting other people. And to me, that was super empowering. I was in there all the time. Printmaking was my thing. I wanted to make t-shirts. I actually took a picture. I'll have to show you afterwards of my first logo graphic that I printed on a t-shirt. <laughs> I printed it on a t-shirt and my teacher was like, have you, my printmaking teacher, I was like, I just want to make posters and I just want to like do, you know, all the printmaking methods we learned, like etching, you know, wood blocking, uh, but screen printing, I was like, that's the scale right there. I was like, I'm trying <laughs> to get this shit out there. I can just start, you know, pulling prints and everything. And she was like, do you know what graphic, yeah, graphic design is? 
Um, and I was like, no. And she was like, you should look into that. You should look into graphic design. Yeah. Um, and I was like, okay. Cause I didn't know. I mean, I, w- I knew I wanted to go to college just to get out of the situation. Cause I did not want to have like to fall in this cycle. And it, it's sad that my brothers and sister are still like, they're still in that cycle. What is, uh, describe that cycle. The, okay. Yeah. The, the, um, the socioeconomic and, uh, cycle that cycle and just like the mindset and decisions that, that people make in, in those environments, the yeah. section eight environments, the yeah. low, the low, I mean, it sucks that income has, has to do with it, but the poverty cycle. Yeah. And, um, I thought that college could do that, get me out of that, at least out of the city, at least out of that area. Yeah. Give you some worldviews. Right. Um, because a lot of, a lot of the bigger issue is that, you know, you're in that bubble and that's what you think the world is. And you're literally only living at the most day to day. Um, you know, oh, I have to go to the grocery store. I got to take these fucking food stamps, which look like fucking Monopoly funny money. Yeah. And go to the- On the multicolor tip. Dude, I'm about to get that shit tattooed. <laughs> Ooh. Like right here. I have a purple one. I've saved it forever. It's yeah. in my, it's, I have a folder yeah. and it's, uh, I think it's a five and it's purple. And I just, it's so vivid in my memory as like going to get milk <laughs> at AM, PM, with a $5 food. I'm like, fucking A, man. I don't want anybody to see me with this. I was I, I was stoked when they changed it to the card. I was like, dope. <laughs> and I just like quickly swipe and they yeah. enter the pan and like hide it away. Yeah. But like the, it was a, it was like a, it, it, you could tear, you tore it out like a checks. Yeah. And it was just like a flip book of money and it just was fake. It was just like funny money. It yeah. felt so, it was so embarrassing, but I did it. Um, so that's the day to day. You know, it's like, whatever, we got to go get this stuff for today and we're going to go do that and handle the day. The next day, worry about it again. So that's why I like tried, I mean, that's why I loved school. Um, and, and Oh, because and they gave you structure. It gave me structure. It gave me like positive reinforcement with something, which yeah. was making things. Yeah. Um, so like I said, the art department, she told me to get look into graphic design and she said this thing that also will stick with me, this quote, um, which was a part of the art sanctuary was that um, everybody has a story and I love stories. She's like, everybody has a story. So who are you to judge other people? Cause I was, I was rambunctious, man. I was fighting. I was like, I had a lot of anger. Yeah. I had a lot of anger and I had a lot of, uh, um, a lot of emotions to deal with. And just like every other kid, yeah. you know what I mean? And we all, we all had to deal. I just dealt with it in other ways that weren't very positive, Sure, but ex- art was positive for me. Yeah. So printmaking and, and all that stuff that was positive for me. And I knew I wanted to get out. I didn't know how. Um, so, so yeah, I looked in the graphic design school and also jewelry. It was weird. Jewelry making. Oh, really? That's no, not that weird. Yeah. Are you like, good with your hands in general? I, I think so. Cause I mean, I think when, when you're a creative yeah. force, you, you want, you are uh, very tactile. Based. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I was like doing that and some pottery and some jewelry making and melting and all this weird stuff yeah, that, yeah, I would, yeah. that I would get into. And, uh, and yeah, that was the positive stuff. All, all your, all your gang homies are like, yo, what you doing right now? Like, well, the thing is the gang, the gang, <laughs> the gang stuff, I, I, I started break dancing. So that was dancing. I love dancing as oh, well. That's, so funny. So that's, how, that's also how we connected. That's right. So dancing, dancing and art, like I, I have to like 
like you said, you know, be busy with my hands. And then dancing was another way of like not being violent, but being violent when you're battling somebody yeah, else. Yeah. Like, but it's still positive in a way. What years were you b-boying? Um, all the way through middle. So, so if I graduate, I don't, I don't remember the year. So 2004, two, I got it to school. That's when I graduated. So I guess from like 90, I can go backwards from like 99 all the way back to, I would say maybe five. Well, not 99. I guess you could say from 95 to 2004. I was breakdancing. Oh, I was that was in a good crew. era. Yeah. You I was in a crew. At the beginning of uh, internet B-Boys. Yes. Yes. I kind of, yes, absolutely. Like downloading video clips from Napster. Yeah. Of like, you know, like bboyworld.com was definitely a thing. Back yeah. Then. Yes. Freestyle session was definitely yes. a thing. Yes. Message yes. boards straight up. Totally. Totally. So that's kind of like, what was that brand? Tribal. They had these mixtape videos. Yeah. Tribal mixtape videos. Oh yeah. Style elements would be all up on tribal yeah. all the time. She was so dope. It, oh man. It was so dope. I, Fuck, I like, I watch, I, I watch it on, on, uh, on YouTube. Instagram now. Yeah. yeah. I want to like, I want to start something here in the city, man. <laughs> I'm like old as fuck. Not really old as fuck, but like you're not dog old years, as fuck, but sure. But I, I want to like, I need to dance again. That's something that I need to kind of get back into. Yeah. I, mean, I still do it a little bit. Like yeah. I'll show my son and he'll be like, cause he's starting to move his body and trying to dance. And I'm like, Hey, you know, let's, let's, I'm going to, I'm going to introduce you to some cool stuff. And he's like, what? Oh my <laughs> gosh. His favorite, like, it's not, it's not, along the lines of b-boy but he likes pop music but i want to give him a history in it and like take him back to old mj and michael jackson's his favorite right now oh, and sure. i'm like sick but he but he hits all the pleasure centers for like anyone across the board yeah 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 so- I, I just saw this video uh i saw this video by nerdwriter one about how um like what makes people dance to bruno mars 24 K Magic. Dude, that album is... <laughs> and, and let me tell you, I yeah. wasn't a Bruno fan for a minute until... What song was it a couple years ago that he did with Ronson? Uh, the, the big hit. Yeah. Uh, oh, it's such a big song. Why am I forgetting right now? Um, Damn it. Oh, shit. Whatever, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Just skip it. <laughs> oh, a, a part of... Okay, fine. The really big Bruno Mars hit that can can we just look at this up this yeah. is gonna, this is going to murder me <laughs> and i uh, i'm actually trying to be really better about forgetting shit and then actually actively leaving it on the table it's but, the internet we know it's there for us exactly that's true we are as a civilization we are technically more intelligent than we ever have been before so we could look it up in our collective brain um, but anyway so it uh so they were dissecting 24 karat magic I was like why that was why that makes people want to dance and then just the uh uh what is it is uptown funk yeah uptown funk yeah yeah Ugh. yeah thank god we got there uptown funk <clears throat> anyway so um it just the, the syncopated rhythm. Apparently, there's something about syncopated rhythm and the the kind of regular irregularity of it yeah. that makes a human being want to fill in the gaps with physical movement. I think it's 65 BPMs as well. I, I think that's the the. I think that's it. I think that there's a beats per minute. The BPM, like when, when producers are making music, that will. Yeah. Oh, this know. we're turning the lever on. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's so funny. Like, like when I think about like visual language, yeah. I think about graphic design, or I think about um, yeah. just even like modular uh, expressive design. Totally, which I'm really into right now. Uh, like, there are certain things that you do where it's like, oh man, if I know that if I 
uh, if I use like if I'm in this color spectrum yeah. or if I'm pulling out these extenders on this like typographic uh, piece that I'm working right now, like it just kind of invoke a certain thing. You know, you're mm-hmm. turning on a certain lever, yeah. And like it's such a um, it's such a, a, a hard to describe thing yeah. when it comes to uh, when you know you're activating something mm-hmm. that that you know will pull the trigger. Yeah, you know, into someone's brain. Um, and you just have to know. Yeah. That shit you just gotta know, yeah. I know. It's crazy. It's crazy. Um yeah. oh but anyway, so art growing up. Growing up. Yeah, yeah. So high art, school. Yeah, high school. Art sanctuary. Yeah, uh, art sanctuary. Don't so, judge nobody. Don't judge break nobody. Dan- break dancing. Oh break oh yeah, so break yeah. dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, all that stuff. Like what yeah. what what is it about that? Like you feel like a very like energy free flow individual. Yeah. Or either a creative energy or a individual that knows how to let energy flow around his self. Mm-hmm. So that I, that seems like that that all relates back to dancing and yeah, it, it relates a lot back to dancing and and uh, and graphic design and design. Yeah, um, absolutely. I like I love the expressive shit in design. Like yeah. I like shit to get messy. I also like clean stuff, but I like it to be a little messy. Yeah, like sterile's cool and all. That's the future, I guess. We talked about that earlier. <laughs> future is just like Helvetica, black on white. <laughs> Dope. Because anyone, exactly. anyone that makes it to the future is, you're going to have to read, some, read it. But I fucking love expressive. I like expressing myself and I like, I like the expressive stuff. I was a huge fan of, I mean, you know, design. Everyone's a huge fan of them. Not a lot of people. I mean, Sagmeister people get down with David Carson. He has a he has a half and half. But David Carson influenced the shit out of me, man. David Carson is like, I fucking love David Carson. That guy's work and <laughs> the way up, he right? rolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the way he rolls is just like, fuck it. He didn't give a damn. He did not give a shit. And I yeah. love that. I really love that. Um, but we, dancing, we're, dancing we're as well. Back in that world now. I, it's, I love it. Hey, yeah, me too. I know. I just started, you know, my side project stuff and I'm ma- making stuff and it's just like oh, taking yeah. me back to the basics and I'm like, I'm like deconstructing and reconstructing and, and it's just fun. Yeah. It's fun. I love using my scanner. My scanner was my favorite thing in design school and I loved printing stuff, making things, scanning it, printing that shit out, cutting it back up, putting it in there. It's just like this weird physical to digital thing mm. that I find very therapeutic but also like building composition from that is just so fun to me yeah and like then doing digital typography and mixed with regular like uh, uh, uh physical typography super fun i don't know so personal work i'm just trying to be expressive and have a lot of fun with it but uh the energy side with dancing and and like i said the energy like i said david carson i fucking love david carson stuff with design yeah. stuff and you can definitely see that in my personal work I, I, I definitely I do don't yeah that's you're not I shy about it. it i'm not shy about it um but with dancing yeah the energy of like battling or like learning new new moves and basically putting it together building a composition building a set to dance to um to specific music is the same thing to me it's the same thing wow i never thought about set building and dance or because you have like, a specific line of moves right yeah. and you have moves that build up to another move you have a top rock that then you bring down to the floor and then you'll probably do the uh, a few floor moves maybe do a freeze and yeah. then build that energy as you're going around in the circle and then hit your windmill yeah and then stop again yeah, those specific movements to me, I'm like, that's that's a composition. That definitely a composition. Yeah. So like, I don't know. 
from that, learning those moves, and then I, I did a little crumping going on. I like learning all the Really? The you did dance. crumping too? I, dude, crumping. The energy with crumping how is good it, insane. How good were you at that? I don't know Because I could how never get I my upper body that, To contort? Yeah. To that, like pop, like to hold that energy? I yeah. don't know. I mean, I don't know how good I was. I didn't do a whole lot of just like true and tried crumping battles sure. when I was doing breaking and then bringing in crumping, I kind of mixed a lot of the dances together, Yeah, which ultimately everybody's and, freestyling. Now. And, and cr- it, that's true. That's freestyle is the, is the battles that people it, it do is, know. It is the, the, aesthetic. and it's hard to judge. It's hard to judge. I mean, you still take the crowd to judge, but yeah. then you judging is like, now there's, a panel that people judge. And I'm just like, let's hear the crowd. Cause that's where you're getting the energy. Yeah. Like I loved feeling the energy of the crowd. Yeah. Knowing that that move didn't hit and maybe the composition yeah. that I created didn't work for people at the moment. And it, that's, that's okay. I got to change it up next yeah. time because I got to have more tool. I got to have more moves. I got to have more tools under, you know, and in, in, in my tool belt to it, like it's so out. interesting like the whole crumping versus b-boying thing because i feel that b-boying from a very traditional 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 standpoint is very uh like a compressed like very like ken swifty yeah you know what i mean yeah like you're just mean mugging the whole time oh, yeah, yeah. and then uh you're basically walking up like a gang and then on the floor <laughs> is when you explode you explode on the floor yeah, yeah that's where the explosion happens yeah and then when you're up, you're about like, you know, you know, representing. And then uh, for crumping, it's like very like your chest out the whole time, which, yeah. which to me uh, isn't intrinsic to my B-boy DNA. Yeah. You know, so like I always fought that part because my explosion doesn't happen up top. Typically, my explosion happens yeah. on the bottom. Yeah. I mean, the way the way when I was learning crumping is just if I can recite and remember correctly. I mean, in a nutshell, you're just transferring this energy. You're taking this energy, transferring it, and then giving it to the other person or not giving it to the other person. You're giving it to your other squad members. Mm. And then, um, excuse me, um, you're using that energy to, to, to battle, to win over the battle. Um, it's kind of like, I never did like, I did a couple tried and true, just straight crumping battles. And I wasn't, I was okay, but not, not the best, not the most seasoned uh, crump battler. Yeah. Because uh, my roots were more in, in, in breaking. And I yeah. always wanted to, once I knew that I didn't have have it, I wanted to just get out there and just like put the energy to the ground. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah? Fuck you, man. I'm about to, I'm about to just bust all out. <laughs> Let's go. I got, uh, I got way more than this happening right but now. But I couldn't, what's weird is I couldn't pop very well. Oh, that's not I that wasn't weird. that great of a popper. That's not that intrinsic to a to person. breaking. Yeah. But, but crumping... But crumping is is not the same. But you are upright, right? You're you're yes. upright, and you're doing the, you know, doing certain moves. But that's more like fine, fine motor skills, yeah, exactly. super super fine movements um, that you're popping and stuff. But uh, yeah, it's, I love dancing, man. It's so interesting that popping and b-boying are intimately connected but also kind of very separate they're very separate at the same time but, but then, the but thing is in the crew you needed you needed you needed a, a you needed a popper you needed a power move breaker yep you needed a breaker that could stay on beat yep. that could actually have the uh uh Especially the that, syncopation with the music. Especially that late 90s, early 2000s crew yeah. structure. Now, need, it's, now everyone's, everyone's everyone. Everyone's everyone's everyone. Yeah. Everyone's everyone. Oh, that's so true. Yeah. But then back then, you, you had to cover the bases. Yeah. 
Yeah. Definitely. I was more of the syncopated breaker. I couldn't do full flares. Gotcha. I could um I could do a couple different moves that people can uh in in our in our area couldn't really bust out, but I wasn't a full power move guy. Me, I mean, I, I could I was windmill. A style guy. I was a pure style guy. Yeah, same here. I loved like the energy, feeding off the music and yes. the crowd, and taking taking that and creating like more theatrical yeah. sort of uh, system there. And then you got the power move dude that's just gonna yeah. go and then let them players blow, it out. Yeah, yeah. blow it out. And you know, although by then the, the power proper. move dude couldn't really dance. No, power he could just would, do flares. You could, yeah, yeah, power move dude would just do power. <laughs> Just power, but he <laughs> just would just power. do it, and then other people would, you know, come in, and, you know. So <laughs> it's fun. That's fun. So like dancing and, and design is like they're I don't intimately know. connected they're, to yeah, me yeah, in my yeah, brain as well. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it is about that energy flow. I I had the realization of it not too long ago that that the uh, the free form uh, mindset um, and not just the confrontational mindset of all of it, mm-hmm. and also that the desire to put yourself out there and have the accountability oh, of looking at of having people look at your composition yeah man you know uh, it's that that has completely carried over into now and I actually into a fortunate space where I feel like I can just uh, from a creative lens I've actually just been myself for like as long as I can remember yeah it's kind of amazing isn't that weird it is weird I feel like and, and then you feel like when you get a new job or you go somewhere else or you're, you're getting to know new people or new squad it's kind of like you know, you're being more careful about being vulnerable, but you are kind of always being yourself. Yeah. And it's it's super, it's empowering. Right? It's always on the surface, always. Yeah, it's always on the surface. It's always on the surface. And um, I think that's great. Yeah. I think it's cool. I mean, that's what I love about designers and like people of the design world. Yeah. and like Really pure designers. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's refreshing in this chaotic world. No, know? I hear you. <laughs> Um, so, so after, after that point in, after college, mm-hmm. like well, when did, when did the idea of like professional, professionalism enter yeah. your world? So college, um, a little, a little funny thing about college. Like I said, I quit after sophomore year. Yeah. I worked with a startup company because, um, I should have graduated in 09, but I, I saw the future. Not really, but I kind of did. Explain. What does that mean? The, the technology. Oh. I'm kind of getting teched out. But the thing is, is like, I knew, I, I kind of saw like, uh, people like print design, print design was like, there was all this word talk and scare of like, it's going to go, it's going to go, it's yeah. going to go away. Um, and it's never going to go away. Print design is everywhere. Um, yeah. so I was print always, design is the beginning of modular design. Yeah. Yeah, man. And it's a system. I just was so like, I'm always scared. I'm always, I have anxiety. So I'm always scared of not having a job because I don't want to go back to the cycle. Right. Yeah. And for me running, running towards something or running away from something, that's kind of like what I, where my energy goes to. So I quit after sophomore year, worked with a startup company to work on techno, like to work on web, web stuff, some print stuff, but the print stuff wasn't as much, but I actually was doing web design. Yeah. I was doing web design. And then I kind of like started my own little web designy logo making identity sort of like studio. Yeah. Um, Cause I got laid off after a few, like three years. And then I was like, you know, I need, I've always, I knew I always needed to finish my college degree to get that piece of paper as like a trophy um, and a very, very expensive trophy. But, <laughs> but no one on either, all three sides of my family, my mom, my stepdad, and my biological father, nobody stepped foot on a college campus. And I feel like I need to do that for the future of like just people and my people yeah. and the people who are going to be around me. So I, I went back to school 
part-time while I had my studio. And Did you uh, have kids at the time? So the, the crazy thing is, I, it's crazy. My mom had kids young. I had I had my son when uh, he's he's eight now. Mm-hmm. I'm thirty, so super young. Wow, super yeah. super young. Um, I'm in my mid thirties. I don't have any kids, and I can't even imagine having a another human being. Dude, that care. was the craziest. Right now, I have time to breathe. It was the craziest time because I got laid off. We just had our we just had our kid. Yeah. Um, and we like were in this house, and it was like we had to get rid of it and like move in with her mom. It was just a fucked up. I was just like majorly worried about the future state of me and my family. And you know, I was going through some, I was like reverting back in my head. I was reverting back. I was like, I'm about to fuck shit up. Like it was a scary time. I was like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Like I tried, I tried so hard to do what's right. And and, and the world and it's not working. Yeah, the they were not accept it. Would not give it to me and would not accept it. And I'm about to go. Why? Why? Why do you think that mindset existed? I don't know. I think it's a primal. Th- I, it could be primal, but it also it existed. But because does, that, does it go back to youth? Like I think it does. Yeah, and I think it does because I know that I always have a place on the streets. The family is there. Yeah, and I can just do whatever the hell I want. I can be the worst human being. And they'll always be there. They got yeah. my back. Yeah. So that's the weird thing. That's a super weird, weird construct to have. But I, you're I right. pushed through it. It's, it's, it is. <laughs> it, it, I, 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 uh, yeah, I agree. But uh, it's so interesting to have that place on the streets and to know that I exist because most people are afraid of that. But then some people, when push comes to shove, they, they for some reason, lean in. They mm-hmm. lean in mm-hmm. and then it becomes, you know, well, then that's safety to me. That's mm-hmm. the safety net. But then that's not a safety net. It's not. Yeah. It's just what people know. Yeah, it's, it is. Oh, so true. It is what people know. And so, so that happens. No, we can get into that. That's a whole another, like, I mean, the whole system. Like, that's yeah. what people know. And they're going to put you over there. But it's it's cool. Yeah. It's safe for the people that are in there. Um, but anyways, uh, I, I pushed through that. I uh, went back to school and it was it was really tough. Um Worked really were digging, hard. Were you digging into debt at the time? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big time. Like credit cards, um, wow. student loans, taking all the student loans out just to like take, you know, take care of, you know, my wife and my kid, you know, yeah, and then absolutely. like have a place to stay and then had the own, had my studio, but that was like the work was going down. I wasn't making as much money. I started doing photography because I knew how to do photography. Um, composition. <laughs> a tool is a tool, man. But I can I can make something. I can make something from something. Yeah. So so I did that. And dude, I was shooting weddings. Invaluable skill set. I was really? shooting weddings for like three, four summers, man. Wow. It was it was good money. It was. It, it is. Photography is good money. It was fun though too. It is. Weddings are good money, and you get to party. You get to hang out. Weddings are stressful energy. though. Weddings are crazy. The post the post uh, post editing is is Uh-oh. fun, but I would take too long. Because, because you're an artist. Yeah. Because you're an artist, you fucking asshole. Yeah. And that, that, you know, I knew that, and I was like, oh, there's a couple things I learned from doing this in my journey, doing photography. Is yeah. like, I love taking photos of people. Yeah. Um, Don't retouch the wedding photos. It's not worth it. 
it's totally not worth it. Don't, they're, don't, just gonna don't print, do it. they're just going to print them and they're going to put them in a nice frame and that is it. Exactly. As long as it's, it's as long as it's uh, in focus, you're good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then just throw a couple of like Dutch angles in there because that those what people think is uh, yeah. They think that's creative. Oh god, the Dutch angles, man. <laughs> Rule of the thirds and Dutch angles. There you go, man. You're <laughs> all you, good. Yo, you got your wedding your wedding toolkit locked it's there. up. It's there, man. Um, but I did that, and I found that I actually still I still like taking photos of people. I like taking portraits of people, and street photography is still fun for me. Um, got it. So I got rid of all my equipment after a while. I got burnt out, and then uh, I just don't do that. I don't don't do that anymore. These iPhones are crazy, man. Portrait mode, <laughs> portrait mode, and iPhone Seven Plus is yeah. insane. What about focus? Focus on the Seven Plus, though. Wow, it's not bad. No, no, because you can do like you know the foreshortened versus. Like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I mean. The, yeah. the portrait mode. The, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, that, oh, that, That's okay, a, yeah, 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 yeah. You get that crazy. It's crazy. I'm yeah. just like, this is insane. I mean, you can only print eight and a half by eleven, but but still, who's printing anyways? People are just posting on Instagram. Yeah, exactly. So you can you you can get like you know uh, HD resolution. That's fine. Yeah, it's insane. Um, so yeah, I was doing that to supplement some of the income that I was making that I didn't make while having the studio, I essentially shut the studio down. It was just me and I hired a contractor ever so often. I would always find that, um, that I was either killing it in the creative side, but the business side was low. Or if I was killing it in the business side, cause I could sell the work, I could sell yeah. water to a fish, homie. <laughs> Dude, I sell Cutco knives too, man. I have, I've up until, up until probably five years ago or less, I've had, multiple uh, like three jobs oh gotcha oh your side hustle dude uh, yeah absolutely one through and through i'm trying to figure out the next one right now oh oh that makes a lot of sense actually. yeah yeah i'm trying to figure out what i'm going to do in the next one now and yeah. maybe maybe i'm funding my own artwork or whatever but I mean, we're all side hustle people yeah for you know sure even this for me is we get bored yeah exactly we get bored we get bored so quickly and so fast. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. We like, always need new. Like, exactly. we need to be, learn something or do something and, like, do something different. And yeah. I, know, I, I always something. need to be fucking with shit. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like, that's we're, what we're, this we're is. We're odd creatures. Basically. Yeah. I love this. <laughs> um, so, anyways, I did that. And then, uh, and well, so school, post school, got my, got my degree after like three more years. It took me like six, six years to get six years total to mm-hmm. get um to get my piece of paper my trophy paper which is awesome i love it got it i just got the i just got the paper in 2012 and uh yeah it was amazing and then from there wow, I, 2012 congrats yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah it's, i guess that's years ago now but it's a few 2012, years yeah it's still fresh it's still fresh recently, it's still yeah. fresh so the crazy time i was living in salem i was uh having the business and then Taking going to Corvallis because I went to Oregon State University. Mm-hmm. Go Beavs! I went there, <laughs> I went, especially on Swoosh Town. Everyone's ducks. And Everyone's like, ducks. I'm like, it's man, Papa town. Phil, like, chill. Exactly. Chill. Yeah. But um, everyone's on that Ducktales. Yeah, totally. Ducktales was amazing. Man. Ducktales is amazing. I can't wait for that reboot. Ducktales is amazing. So going to Corvallis, I had my own thing. I was slowing down, and then I wanted like a studio job. So I got a job in Vancouver at this, at this other small, um, branding agency. Mm. And so I was in Salem in the midpoint and I was dri- like all week driving from Salem to Corvallis to Vancouver to Vancouver, Washington. Um, and then make, just making stuff, 
basically making stops in Salem to sleep. Yeah. Hustle. <laughs> oh God. It was so hard. Yeah. It was so hard as I was finishing and then, you know, transitioning up, up here. How would you spend time with the little ones? I, it's sad to say, but I didn't spend a whole lot of time in his yeah. early, but you, his did, early you did what you had to do. I did what I had to do for us. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um, I get to spend a lot of time with them now. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. great. That's, that's a, that's a human being sacrifice, you know? Whew. It was, it was a rough time, but, um, but yeah, that's kind of like what I was doing at the time. Just kind of getting my hands wet in anything. I actually was going to do, I, I thought I was going to do photography, stay in the photography business because yeah. I had some good friends, uh, Gabe and Boone up in Seattle and Portland here. And, um, I would do their wedding books. Mm. I, I actually like doing wedding books because in a way now people look at look books. I was essentially doing it that way. Cause people were like, you're a design, like you're doing it so different. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just kind of, you know, there's white space. Let's play with the white space. Yeah. You know, let's, let's do some photos and some, yeah, composition. Some composition. Yeah. You're <laughs> it's playing. such a weird thing. Yeah. 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 So let's do that. And let's tell the story that way. And like, cause you're telling that story too, yeah. through wedding books. And, uh, and yeah, I wouldn't shoot all the weddings, but they would give me all the books to do. And I was like, all right, cool. So I've done some cool books for them. And I thought I was going to stay within the industry, like shoot and then do books and work with them and like do stuff. But I didn't, I just didn't really, it wasn't whole for me. Like mm-hmm. design, design is it for me. Like I like doing all kinds of different design. I mean, yeah. in a way I was doing design, but, um, that format wasn't, wasn't my format. Gotcha. So, and then how'd you, how, how'd you land into, you know, now bigger gigs? Like agency yeah, gigs. Yeah. Right. So from that place, from that small branding agency, um, I worked I, from there, I left, I went to second story interactive and they, Man, they're a fucking, they're big. They were big at the time. Dude. Yeah. Second story did all the crazy interactive work. Right. Mm-hmm. And I liked, I liked interaction and I liked the interactive work right now. I, that's all I do, which is cool and yeah. fun. But, uh, um, I knew they were the big gun and I was like, if I want to do something weird and big and crazy, like I'm going to go there. So, um, can you clarify the yeah. difference between UX and UI? Yeah. You have a philosophy on it? I I definitely do. I definitely do. So user experience design or, um, yeah, user UX is more about the experience design. So you're more on the thinking side of things. You're thinking about point A to B to C all the way to to Z. And then you're thinking about point A, point A.1, A.2, A.3, A.4 however long the list needs to go. So you're thinking how A.2 would go to B.1 or B.2 or mm-hmm. B.3. So you're you're doing more of the like the thinking of how the wires are being all connected. Right, the systemization. Yes. Um, so that's a UX side of things. Um, it's, it's annoying. It's super annoying. You have user experience, you have user interface, but then you also have uh, interaction design, right? Interactions to me, my philosophy is like I said, that's the UX side. Interaction is is more along the side lines of the user interface, but it's how the user interface is moving. Um, user interface, I feel like, is more. It's more on the design side of things, the more of the visual design side of things, mm-hmm. and you're figuring out how things aesthetically are, are sort of looking, um, and you know. Color, line, yeah, space, yeah. How composition. Much the, how much of the interaction do you like to be? Uh, do you like to inform when it comes to you know um, the 
the click through and like and how you're you know where you're actually placing interaction points on mm-hmm. a screen. So how much do I like to inform? Yeah, how much do you like to inform that? I I like to inform a lot of it, um, but I also don't. It's not the end all. So when I'm doing so for for just general purposes here, like I do user experience and visual design and you know it, UX UI and, and the fact uh, they're all intimately connected. It's a conversation. They're all intimately connected, yeah, but some agencies, but yeah, yeah, all the time. But some agencies separate the two, which I think is like really shitty. I feel like that's a fallacy. Yeah, I mean RGA does it. I was at RGA for a, a little bit. Why do you think they separate it? I don't know because, it because maybe it's because they have a waterfall process. Which is like a, a well-oiled machine. Explain what the waterfall process is. So the waterfall process in, in technology or tech design, um, basically the waterfall process happens. You have discovery mode, um, which is probably in visual or product. It's like inspiration and mood boards and all yeah, this stuff. Yeah, you're just searching. So you're just searching. Um, so there's discovery and then you get into interactions. You're like, hey, um, here's a site map or here's a, a interaction map. Here's the things that we want it to be. Here are the features that we want to have in it. And the u- the user experience designer would then um, figure out it's basically just like gray boxes. So you're basically like roughing out layout yeah, and you're roughing out where, where, where the things, goes. where the content goes, content strategy and stuff. So... Um, from there, that's what the user experience designer does. And those can be comprehensive. That's comprehensive shit. You know what I mean? It's big, especially something simple as like an application on your phone or, you know, a website that has like a special service or something like that. Um, but at RGA, we would do the waterfall process where discovery would happen by a team, user experience would happen by a team, and then visual design would come in and do that. So it's kind of like, that's kind of how a product would get made. Mm -hmm. So I think they just kind of break it down like that, which is different folks, different strokes. I just, I caught myself in there being like, I actually, I'm doing the experience design here and I actually want to do the visual design. Yeah. Get my hand slapped. I was like, shit. I was like, nah, this is, this is kind of how I think it should feel and look and like, yeah, you know, and they're um, like, nope, nope, that's stay in your lane. Yeah. And I'm like, you're telling me I have a lane. I ain't got no lanes, homie. None, no lanes. I can't handle lanes. No, that's the moment someone puts me in a box. Yeah, the moment someone puts me in a box, I'm I'm out. That's just life. Like hundred percent in everything in life. Like I'm just like, oh, so you think this? Okay, you're telling me I'm. eh, I'm gonna do. I know. I'm good. That's. I think that's the problem when it comes to the scalability (laughs) of process. Because then, as we've uh, upscaled our processes for like like a for a project that might be extremely massive where yeah. you know content is constantly being created and you have to like uh-huh. you know create something that it can handle like a massive infrastructure yeah you know a massive web of shit that uh that you have this process that is expansive and that involves like so many steps but then as you scale down the project yeah. we still have the exact same amount of steps and same process i'm like yeah we could probably take that down a bit yeah i mean that's and that it, it all comes Make down to like experience yeah it all comes down to like i think express for me personally um expressiveness freedom and just kind of like the more the more fluid take i have on things it's just 
I don't know, a waterfall process I can see is good for business because you're like, oh, I see everything as a line item. This yeah, is where, accountability. This is where I'm going. And this is This is what I'm buying into rather than, hey, Joe, Rich, we're going to hire you guys to make this thing. And you, what? Are, how are you going to do it? We're like, I don't know. We're just going to do it. It's just going to be dope though. <laughs> When's the due date? <laughs> Where do you want to see something? Yeah. <laughs> oh, midpoint check-in. Okay, cool. So we'll check in midway through and then we'll deliver on the day that, you know, well yeah we'll do it it's just like i get it i totally get it from a creative like creatives are weirdos man like i get it i totally get it but i can't like i said the box is like so i I learned experience i i saw more of like learning so i went to second story and learned experience design um then i went to rga and did it 100 percent yeah and then i was like you know what i i i gotta do i miss visual design yeah fucking i i have to make stuff that's like that is ex- that people experience and I have to make stuff that people actually see. Like, so I went to instrument after RJ mm-hmm. and then hung out there for a while. And instruments then, dope. Instruments dope. Instruments cool. Um, and then, Oh, what's funny is old RGA client, the clients at swoosh that yeah. I had at RGA. Yeah, yeah. Um, they recruited me. So, oh gosh, it's so, it's funny how that happens, you dude, know. Dude, don't burn bridges, man. Oh no, no, I love be, I love my bridges. Me, t- I love <laughs> my, I love my bridges. Oh, they're so great. They're so <laughs> great. All the bridges are great. I am I am about no walls. I'm all about bridges. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, it's it's funny <laughs> to that point because to to get into it, I, I don't know, listener, like like we're we're in this place where. It, like the love that we have for like a certain, you know, brand, it really, and it affects your, your day-to-day life. It's yeah. real. Yeah. It's really real. Yeah. Yeah. Like I will speak, speak of it in reverence and love. Yeah. Yeah. Bridges are great, man. Yeah, man. Um, just so, cherish so, them and like take care of them and you know, oh, they'll yeah. always be there. Oh, absolutely. And so, so they found you. They found me and I'm there and it's yeah. cool because I we don't have to get the, into what you do there. Yeah, 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 definitely. We can't do that, but I have the best work life balance that I've ever yeah. had. Which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, can you say what your role is, though? Yes, I can tell you my official role. And yeah. Y- you will have zero idea what that's, it means, that's and that's give, okay. Digital. Give us your LinkedIn title. <laughs> well, I'm in. I put my LinkedIn title different than what my actual <laughs> title is because it's so confusing. But I'll break yeah, it down it's for you. Confusing as hell. So yeah. I'm in the. Uh, I work in the uh, a Nike Innovation, and my. <laughs> My title is Digital Innovation. Got it. Uh, Digital Innovator 2. Got it. Designer 2. Say no no more. Yeah. Say no more. So basically, I'm an art director, designer, a digital designer. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, Footwear footwear innovation. Feels real. Feels real. Yep. So that's it. Uh, That feels better. Um, That's why I put it as that. But... um, but that's that's what I do over there, and it's it's fun, it's cool. But um, like I said, the best work life balance I've ever had, and I get to express myself with yeah. personal projects, yeah, which is cool. Um, I'm still trying and to this find is an a, area that facilitates that too. It it really does. It really does. Which yeah. I, you know, I I like that. Yeah. Um, Can you tell us about your Flybox project? Oh yeah, so that's kind of a fun little project that I that I kind of just kicked around. Um, I started making these graphics, the, the graphics designs. <laughs> when Allen Iverson, I love basketball. So Allen Iverson got his <laughs> Hall of Fame this year or yeah, last year, right? Yeah, I did. And he I was wore like, Jordans at at a couple of press interviews. Oh yeah, he did. I was like, oh man, this guy is he the forgot. OG. He's an OG. He's a triple OG. Yeah, triple OG. <laughs> so, 
But what's funny is I used the graphic when he actually, when he was a rookie and crossed over Jordan. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, right. yeah, that's the crossover. Oh, so anyways, I when he won that, I felt so inclined because I loved watching Allen Iverson growing up. He was like, Jordan, I've seen Jordan play, but Allen Iverson was my guy. He was a dude from the street that wore fucking chains and had tattoos and headbands, and he was my guy. So when he got Hall of Fame, I was like, I'm going to make a graphic. And I was like, okay. Well, you know, started looking on the internet, grabbed some imagery, kind of sketched out what I wanted to do, took his, you know, AI and did some like crazy type weird yeah. stuff and yeah, yeah. started laying like, stuff gl- out. Like glitched out. Like, I, I, yeah. Like a, like a yeah. Digi, it's more, and a I've digi always, glitch. Yeah, a totally digi glitch. I always fall back to this like collage, like, I don't know, naturally this like collage yeah. It's not, collage kind of like makes it lesser than it is, but. Collage is a, is a it's a poor term. It's a now, poor term. it doesn't describe. Anyone. It's a poor term, but um, I love that stuff though. Yeah, I love when it. When I, I think it really helps people uh, figure themselves out a little bit I too. Think so too. Um, whenever I do another th- side, side note, um, I like to go back to those like low income high schools and, and do workshops. Yeah. So I go, always go back to McKay, do printmaking or whatever art. And I like to do these workshops and like actually imp- try and empower these kids and be like, what the, you work at Nike and blah, 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 blah. Or yeah. you were over here and you did this stuff for Nike. I did Nike work and advertising too yeah. for a while, yeah. um, for the other, agencies but uh i'm like yeah you just got to get out of the situation there's a bigger world out there and you can really do what you want and if you like art and design like i mean let's do this workshop let's see what happens yeah excuse me so anyways the flybox project i started with that and then i made it and i was like this is dope this is actually really really cool i'm gonna post it on instagram yeah and let's see how it goes and uh i started doing that and i was like what if i did another player and then I made another player. I made a few other players. And then it started becoming more players. And I was like, you know what? I collected basketball cards a lot. I still have some basketball cards. And why don't I just make some, why don't I make a card pack? Yeah, like you're leaning into this. I, yeah, I'm like, good. why don't I make a card pack? I have the graphics here. Why not? Yeah. Um, so I, I was like- It kind of blew my mind that you could actually- get those produced too. yeah me too it yeah. was it was pretty tough but i actually the, got with the, with the foil wrap foil too. wrap i got everything packaged like the way it should have been and then uh and yeah i was like let's make it happen let's do this um yeah. and i went into full production mode towards the end and made some just some quick quick hit shirts um prints and yeah. we, we did a little a pop-up shop yeah we did a little pop-up at, at dead stock that went super well i was actually really surprised and i was oh, crying a, i was crying good. i was crying because like that's another vulnerable moment i was crying yeah. and my wife my wife was like what i was like no man this is like i'm being accepted yeah and totally. it's it's you know designers are all i mean i'm i'm the type of designer that's always i never think i'm good enough fair never I'm never good enough and I, I'm all, I'm like never good enough. So I'll always work to try and do the best that I can and always do better. So doing that, I was being super vulnerable with my extra cash. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it was expensive and, and my, you know, opening it up to the city. Yeah. So I opened it up to the city and I said, Hey, here, here we go. Deadstock was fucking packed. I didn't it even was know. Packed. And it was small, but 
I think it was perfect. That yeah, night went perfect because I didn't want it was. to. The energy was on point. Energy was great. And, you know, I had homegirl Tina, you know, just run the music. Yeah. You know, and and uh, I just was like, hey, everybody, you want to come out? Yeah, you want to check this stuff out? <laughs> no, Go check pe- it out. People really came out and like, I they know. were buying merch. Like, I know I bought a tea. Yeah, and man. I, and I was into it, man. Yeah, dude. And I got a pack for you too before you go. Oh, so, word! That's yeah, what's yeah. up. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, trade for trade. I get you those up tempos. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, man. I don't know. I did that, and it was really fun. I mean, that was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. Um, unfortunately, there was supposed to be a print that ha- a print in a magazine. Oh, but it, it fell through. Unfortunately, oh, really? eh, well, it happens. Volume two, yeah, it does. It does. Volume two, I'm working on volume two. But once volume two is done, um, which I'm hoping for this fall, yeah, the the, Damn, ma- I'm, the I'm, magazine, the magazine's gonna give me a shout out. Like, I'm kind of bummed. I'm not gonna be here for it. That's okay. It's okay. Maybe I'll do it in New York. You should actually, you know, you should come out there to New York because, man, your vibe is so your, your vibe is so coastal, like either coast. You know what I'm saying? I, I I'd be dope, and maybe you know, maybe. Maybe something happens in New York. That'd no, no, cool. I hear you. That'd yeah. be sick. I, you know, going back to the collage thing. Yeah. Um, is that the thing is so interesting about your particular style when it comes to a digi glitch aspect is that it feels considered, but I think that that's that that's the, the poorness of the term collage because I yeah. think collage feels like it's haphazard and not considered. Oh, right, right, right. You know, right. I mean? so people just think you just throw some shit on the thing yeah, and then yeah, whatever. Yeah. But then there are all these interaction points of yeah. all the disparate elements that yeah. you utilize. Yeah. And then, you know, that's real consideration happens every time. Like you could be, you know, um, you could be tinkering the, for a million years. Yeah. For me. Yeah. That's a good, that's like, a good like point. Pixel pushing straight up. Oh, straight up. I feel like with me and just design and the stuff that I make, everything really needs to have a purpose and a reason. So as far as like those graphics go and that style of stuff that I'm starting to form for myself is that I'm like glitching. I'm like literally cutting, cutting pieces of this imagery out on purpose. Like if there's a certain piece of energy that I feel that is happening from Alan Iverson's ankles or knees, mm-hmm. I'll like move the, I'll shift them a little bit to try and emphasize the movement that I'm seeing of the yeah. energy that's being but that, pushed. That goes that. back to dancing too. hundred percent. This comp, this thing, purpose. Yeah, yeah. Seeing a person's physical movements and then the predictability of what those movements yeah. are. And you're trying to use uh, a, a, a collage glitched out style in order to enhance or drive visual interest. Yeah. 100% to, to a certain yeah. place in on the body that's about to happen. Yeah. So when I did that again, there's there, I wanted to set three rules as well because uh, constraints actually help a lot actually yeah. for me. So I'm going to use like, again, back to the basics. I'm going to use imagery, color, shape, and type, and that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how those, those have formed. Um, you know, I'm using an image of the player, I'm using color in, in the shape. So sometimes I'll use a triangle, a circle, or, or, you know, square or something, some other rectangle or something like that. Mm-hmm. But it'll be a color that is associated with that shape. And I'll use three of those, mm-hmm. three of those colors because three is a magic number for me. <laughs> I fucking love three. I don't know why. Three is such a beautiful number and compositionally, yeah. it like- Well, pyramid's the strongest structure. Yeah. So three, I'll use, <laughs> yeah, there you go. It's the strongest structure. Swag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Swag. Um, so yeah, I'll use three of those and then, uh, type and yeah. ex- just express it in whichever way. So those, those guys came out. Um, it's cool. 
So that's kind of like the side project that I've been doing cards and I did some prints. I yeah. did some other stuff. One thing I learned is that I just did too much, but I kept it open to where people are, uh, they can pick and choose what they want. You know, they could take a piece of like this experience and this Oh, art. you did too much. Like, oh, you had too much of Too much things. Yeah. I had, um, not in quantity, maybe a little bit of quantity. Um, but I did a hundred card packs. Mm. I did 23 posters. Oh, wow. Um, you, needed kind of a, you needed a bigger space. I needed a bigger space. That's what I feel. Cause yeah. Cause I feel Cause like the art was stuff. up. Just the prints were up. And yeah. then those could have been like blown out really big. <sighs> they could have. Yeah. You could have filled up like a room, like about the size of the room that we're in right now. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a, um, merch table, just like have everyone yeah, just like super yeah, hot for it. Yeah. It was a good, I learned a lot. So the next, the next round is going to be a little bit, It'll be better. It'll be better for sure. Isn't it funny, like, uh, when it comes to art shows and stuff, um, because I've had my go around for sure. Oh, yeah, you have. Yeah, and but I think of it you like- You get around. Yeah. I, <laughs> thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, uh, it It's like planning a wedding every single yeah. time, because you're planning so hard. Yeah. You're the investment, time, money, investment. So, Dude. like, when it comes- It's a lot of work. It's a, a ton of work. <laughs> so, when it comes to planning, like, other stuff, like- Real life stuff for me get falls by the wayside so hard. Oh, yeah. Like when you become it, a slob in life. <laughs> I mean, I'm definitely not a slob listener. No, <laughs> don't listen I just to mean- Joe <laughs> over here and his accusations tossed my way. No, <laughs> but although this place is bachelor patty right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! No, no, no. But no, you're totally right. In in real life, you just you that stuff just disappears. You're in a, yeah. And then, but then your creative life becomes like, oh man, I gotta get that yeah. event ready, that space ready. Yeah. This, yeah. Considered to the utmost. Yeah. And then everything else is just like, yeah, I could consider that a whole lot. You're so detail orientated when you need, like, in stuff that's stimulating your mind. Yeah. Versus like, oh, eating? Oh, I'll just eat when I'm starving. Duh. I don't need to eat right now. It's 12 o'clock. Cool. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to keep rolling yeah. until I'm going to get sick. <laughs> it's it's true. Yeah. It's so true. Like, I'm, I'm going to go until my body physically tells me, <laughs> hey, Rich you are an idiot. Put something in me now. Yeah. Like get yeah. up, get yeah. your ass up and do a thing. For sure. Yeah. That's cause it's just, you know, that's how we go. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, man. What else? <laughs> what else? What you else do you want to know, man? Uh, you know what? Well, we are about to wrap up. We have like, we've heard like, uh, uh really amazing stuff right now. <laughs> it's, it's crazy because we came in so early this is the earliest conversation I think I've ever had where I've had this much like Sick. emotional and like uh, intellectual intent Sick. happening at this time of day. It's actually kind of amazing. It feels like it's two in the afternoon to it's me. It's a great way to wake up, man. It is a great way to wake up. I try and wake up super early yeah. and, and, you know, be good to my body, go to yeah. the gym and like spend some time just thinking. Yeah. Amazing. And that's super helpful. Meditating. I mean, I wish I could meditate. Like the thing is, I'm meditating a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I wish I could like truly delve into meditation i gotta learn i maybe that's the next thing i'm gonna learn but yeah. like it's good that's what's it's up good man on that note joe it's been great having you here hey man deuces <laughs> thanks man i appreciate it i think this is cool and i think this stuff is like super good um for for people to um digest and i think that like i don't know going into like just the title of your of your stuff is like it's provocative and i think that it's something that we could like people should continue to talk about cuz you know everyone's everyone's got something everyone's got their own story so who are we to judge 
Uh, do you know what I'm saying? What, what a great way to, Dude, to wrap it up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Everyone's got a story and who are we to judge? Yeah. Thank you, brother. Yeah, peace. So that was Joe Carolino, and that was a really good conversation. It actually made me kind of miss my other home in the Pacific Northwest for a little bit. And also, I know that conversation happened really early, but I think a lot of stuff came out that wouldn't have otherwise happened. So I'm really grateful for that. So if you're interested in the Flybox project, you can just go to thisflybox.com. Also, you can check out more of Joe's work at joecarolino.com. Also, there's a lot of great Nike products that his hands have touched uh, that we can't probably talk about too much. Otherwise, the black helicopters will descend. But that's about it for episode five. Check back next week for another episode. We got a good one for you. Want to give another shout out to our sponsor, Des Gin. Ben sounds on music. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes. If you want to follow me on social media, it's just rich underscore TU on Instagram and Twitter and all those other places. So thanks for listening. That's about it for First Generation Burden. Bye.